Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Hey guys, welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We are excited to be back in studio after the holidays and ready to talk about some more exciting things. Before we get started on our episode today, I wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit about the trainings that Melissa and I are offering. We are currently planning our training calendar for 2020 now, and we would love to hear from you guys if any of you are interested in hosting or attending an EMDR basic training. Jen and I are approved trainers through the EMDR Training Center. And we've had the opportunity of providing instruction and trainings all over the country, Chicago, South Carolina, St. Louis, because that's near home, um, in Springfield and Kansas City. If you have a group that's interested in getting trained together, we're willing to travel to you. Um, We also offer a comprehensive basic training that is completed in five days and includes your required 10 hours of follow-up consultation um, over the phone or through Skype or Zoom. Uh, So, yeah, if you're interested, get a hold of us. If you need any more information on the trainings, just want to chat with us about what that could look like, you can check out our website at beyondhealingcenter.com or you can email us at training at beyondhealingcenter.com. So we hope to hear from you guys. All right. So our episode today is really focused in on the intensive model for EMDR therapy. Some of you may have heard of this. It may be a completely new concept to some of you, but we're excited to share about it because really in the last probably four to six months, Mm -hmm. Um, Melissa and I have strictly shifted our practices over from the more traditional therapy model into an intensive model. So I was first introduced to this concept. It was two years ago at the Emdria conference. um, And I went to a breakout group with Ricky Greenwald, who is just um, fascinating man and is really, really successful in his practice with EMDR therapy. And he shared about the intensive model and why he utilizes that. And so in that breakout group, I was just absolutely blown away with how, I don't know, how much it made sense to do EMDR in more than just 50-minute sessions. So the the idea behind intensives is that it's not your traditional weekly 50-minute sessions, but you're doing longer sessions, longer than 90 minutes, longer than maybe two or three hours. It might even go up to an entire day for a few days, which when I usually tell people that the first time they're looking at me like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like trauma therapy so for overwhelming. six hours straight. Uh-huh. So there's, you know, a lot of big reactions to that, but that is what the intensive model is. And it's, you know, a lot more than just sitting down and eye movements or bilateral for six hours straight. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of components that go into it. But um, there's some really, really big advantages to utilizing this with your clients if you have the opportunity to. I don't know, Melissa, if you, before we kind of get into the details of, of the intensive model, what has it been like for you and your practice shifting your clients mm-hmm. over? What have you seen mm-hmm. from them? Um, I think overall, it's kind of like you were saying, the reaction initially is <clears throat> people expect it to be pretty overwhelming. And so one of the things that we talk about and really plan for is the pacing and making sure that somebody is at a point where, excuse me, doing that kind of work for such a long time in one sitting that they're really capable of doing that. And so, you know, as we're talking about this today, I think it's important to remember that not everybody is going to be a good candidate for Mm -hmm. this uh, version of EMDR. 
Um, certainly there's really big challenges if you're working with kids and even some teenagers just because of the amount of work that we're asking them to do, it's not going to be a great fit for them. But for a lot of older teens, young adults and adults, um, what I have found is because they don't have to go back into the normal day-to-day grind immediately afterwards, right? Because we, we kind of guide them to set up this experience so that it really is a lot of time for integration and downtime. What we end up seeing is that the gains that they get in the amount of time, it's not just about we have more time and so we get more done. I really find it to be exponential. Mm-hmm. The depth of work that you can do um, in that amount of time, I just, I don't think that you can get it done in the same number of hours spread across uh, several weeks and several months. If you think about a typical 50-minute session, on a good day, when we're being really expedient and efficient as a therapist, we spend at least five, usually 10 minutes, just checking in. How's oh, yeah. the week been? How you doing? Um, because we need to do that. We need to build that rapport, maintain that bond. Um, so we don't want to X out that time. And then we you know, do the MDR session. Then we have to leave time for stabilization at the end. And that takes another 10, 15 minutes. And so mm-hmm. if we think about the amount of actual EMDR reprocessing time that can happen in a 15-minute session, we're talking 20 to 30 minutes. And that's not enough. Um, for a lot of situations, that's not going to clear a target in one sitting, which is ideal. Of course, we can do it without that, but um, it makes a difference to clients when they can get through a whole target in one sitting and still have time for that rapport maintenance, and still have time for good stabilization, um, because we don't have to spend all that extra time opening and closing each time we see them. We're seeing them all day long or multiple days in a row, and it's much less likely that they're going to have to catch us up as much if they're just going home that night and coming back the next morning. Yeah. So that's been the the biggest difference that I've seen is that it really feels exponential to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so an intensive really could be anywhere from a half day to an entire day to multiple days. Mm-hmm. The um, longest we've done at this point, I think, is five days. Mm-hmm. And so you have multiple hours back-to-back of reprocessing. But I think what's really important to make note of is it's not just the trauma reprocessing in that time. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of preparation. We're doing a lot of resourcing. Melissa mentioned pacing. So we're going back and forth and kind of helping them learn how to regulate their system in that state of distress um, when it becomes too much or they start to feel, you know, they, they, they're they reaching their maximum capacity mm-hmm. for processing. We come back in and we support them with um, resources and preparation, additional preparation. Also, there's a lot of other, you know, closing and the stabilization that we have a lot more time for that in our intensives. And there's also time what I have found and, and I don't know how, you know, other EMGR therapists would align with this, but there is a lot of value to other interventions. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of value to some of the more traditional talk therapy mm-hmm. components and a lot of value to maybe utilizing CBT or DBT or mindfulness or, you know, all these other components. And so in these longer sessions, it's really nice because I get to offer those pieces alongside EMDR a little bit more while still not sacrificing the direct EMDR processing and moving through, you know, the phases in a standard protocol approach. Like we're able to use these other pieces as well. There's time for all of it. So I I see my clients leaving those having, as, as you mentioned, Melissa, the exponential growth, the really big progress, but also just feeling that 
their their needs have been met all around. Right. So their needs, we were able to meet some of their needs of what they're facing in the day-to-day struggles and what's what's stressing them out throughout mm-hmm. the week or this new boss that they have that's been being really hard on them. Um, but we're also able to still get back into the old trauma. We don't have to say it's one or the other. Either we say we're not going to do any EMDR processing or we're just going to talk about what's going on in your life now or we don't have to ignore the present problems and just dig into the deep trauma. Mm-hmm. And so there's this really nice balance and kind of this feeling that we're able to address all aspects of what their needs are. Mm-hmm. With EMDR, some of the traditional therapy model complaints that I'll hear as a consultant or that I've experienced myself, some of the challenges are, of course, not enough time. And in, in trainings, we mention a lot, 90-minute sessions are ideal. 90-minute sessions are ideal. And the more I've gotten into doing intensives, I almost want to say like three to four hour <laughs> sessions are ideal. <laughs> and I know that's not yeah. a reality for everybody. No, and it feels so unrealistic when, yeah. you, when you've, you know, when you haven't set up your whole practice like that, it can right. feel very unrealistic. Um, I think something, you know, as, as our listeners are kind of imagining how this could work in your practice, a thing to consider is that even if you're not going to shift your whole practice to this model, like we have, um, you can still look at a client and where they are in the process and suggest to them that maybe they try one three-hour session mm-hmm. just so that you can give them that experience and so that you as a therapist can experience too of what does it feel like to be able to have that much time to really get in and do the work with all of these you know, added benefits that we're talking about um, and just maybe do it once a month with them yeah, or once every other month. And so... Uh, I do that with quite a few clients that they still want that one hour a week just to maintain the rapport and have support and all of that. But then that big long session that we do once a month, that is our major EMDR time mm-hmm. where they know coming in like that's what we're doing. This is the time that we've set aside for this. Um, and so you can kind of do a hybrid as well. It doesn't have to be all right. or nothing. Yeah. And that gives them, you know, you can strategically place those three hour, four hour Mm -hmm. sessions when we're approaching a big target. And we know we're going to really want to spend some time in there so that they're not leaving with it incomplete if Mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. When, um, a client is is doing the 50-minute sessions and we're trying to fit in trauma processing in there, it requires, you know, anyone who's been a client to EMDR, it requires a lot of courage walking into that knowing like, okay, I know this is good for me. I I know it works, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if you've done it and you know it works. And if you haven't, then you're really, it requires a lot of courage, but still it's like, do I really want to drag that out today? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm having a good day or I'm having a really bad day or whatever. Like, do I I have to go back to work? Yes. I have to go home and be with my kids. Yes. (laughs) I got to go be a human after this, do anything. So do I really want to drag that back out? Or again, after I just did that last week and it can feel like there can be barriers there and it requires a lot of courage and motivation. And our clients are, a lot of clients are capable of doing that. And it works in the more intensive model. It helps to be able to get into something and really work through it before having to put it back away and then say next week, I'm going to, you know, invite you to bring that out again. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have to do that as many times and kind of build up that courage every single time. It's also nice, um, 
you know, they don't have to, as Melissa mentioned, go right back into work, right back into, you know, their everyday. If they can take a segment of time, they're really digging in. A lot of times my clients will schedule it for the second half of their day if they're yeah. doing a half day yeah. where their day's over at the end of it, or they will take the day off of work mm-hmm. rather than for six months or in- indefinitely taking every single week, mm-hmm. Tuesday at two off. They're able to say once a month, once every two months, I'm going to take a half day. Um, Or for some clients, they might take three days straight and just really work through some big targets right there and not have to continue to take off multiple, you know, weeks at a time or week after week for an hour. So that's a big benefit. Another huge benefit, and this is a lot of these benefits come from what Ricky Greenwald was sharing Um when he presented and he owns the trauma Institute and trial child trauma Institute. And so he does this both with adults and kids and has just shared a lot of the benefits and then getting into it um, ourselves, really discovering how accurate, you know, this is and seeing it happen with our clients. But another one of the benefits that he talks about is if you're in an area where you are a therapist yourself, or maybe, very connected in the community that you're in, it can be hard to find a therapist that you feel willing to open your trauma up to. Or maybe you're in a rural area and there's not a lot of options for EMDR therapy. Or, you know, you have a a reputation there and you feel a hesitancy towards, you know, going and seeing a therapist. This offers the opportunity to be able to travel, to go do multiple days um, of EMDR, really address something, and then return home mm-hmm. and look at an aftercare plan. So you're not necessarily doing the EMDR, the trauma work with someone in your local area. Yeah. yeah, and I do think that that is a huge benefit for anybody that you know struggles to find a therapist that they feel really connected to or safe with in their area. And for those of us that are EMDR therapists, you know, we want to um, feel like we're getting really good care and it can be hard to find somebody that we really trust and can open up to that way. Absolutely. Especially once you become an EMDR therapist and then you're, yeah, you're, um, I'm guilty of being in that and then being like, oh, you should have done that, <laughs> that or don't you want to say yeah. something like this? <laughs> And yeah, I'm in my head. An I know. And then I have to think, well, that you could just think that. Oh, because I you're know. Client, right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually hesitated even just saying that right now because that sounds horrible. But it is. I mean, I stay. It, yeah. It's probably my own defense mechanism. Really, is yeah. staying in my cognitive mind That's of like staying too cognitive. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Being too present and aware of what's happening in the session rather than just experiencing it. So some of the challenges that people will suspect with the intensive or the, a lot of the questions or the skepticism that I get is one, just that in, it seems so intimidating at first. Yeah. What? I come in for four hours mm-hmm. and I like, don't leave and I'm with you for four hours. Um, that initially can feel really intimidating to a client. What I have heard from my clients after experiencing it is feeling a new level of connection in the session they never have before. Um, I think the length of time is a part of that, but I also believe that naturally we walk into an interaction with people with a certain level of natural defenses that are in place. And our clients who are coming, knowing that they're coming to us about their trauma, their defenses are going to be a lot more higher walking into that, even if they trust us and we have a great rapport, just their natural defenses. And so when you have a three to four hour session or longer, you can't keep it up that long. 
No, and that is direct feedback that I've gotten from clients. Yes. Particularly ones that uh, have done multiple days in a row. I had one just recently. She did a five-day, and she had a lot of natural defenses. And she says, day one, I could keep them all up just fine. Day two, I was getting a little tired. Day three, they were all gone. And then the real work started. (laughs) (laughs) And that was for a very defended person. Um, But it is true. The longer we stay engaged, the more they naturally come down, the more that we're kind of forced to really look at it because if we're prioritizing that much, we're taking that much time, we've made all that arrangement in our life and the financial investment mm-hmm. at some point, our natural resistance is going to go, it's time to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I have seen that over and over with people. Some people just come in, you know, excited and ready, like they're ready to be done, ready to get it over with. But a lot of people, it does take them a little while for that to come down. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's a huge benefit. And it's often even their subconscious differences oh, yeah. that are present. You think about, you know, a colleague or something, a friend, a cousin, an aunt, whatever. If you took, if you saw them for an hour and a half for lunch, you get one version of them. And if you took a three to five day trip with them, mm-hmm. you'll see a whole new side. Um, and, and that's just as humans how we are. And so in those experiences where you're with them longer, you start to see their defenses come down and you can really get into that deeper work and access some of those, you know, those emotions and those behaviors and those trauma, the way the trauma is stored for them. So that brings up another interesting, you know, element of doing these, uh, especially the multiple days, but even multiple hours is what it means for the therapist. Mm -hmm. It is a very different experience to, you know, sit with somebody for multiple hours, multiple days in a row versus I see you for one hour a week and then I'm done. Yeah. Like the, the human experience of that as the therapist um, was a little bit surprising to me. And I have gotten to where I like it, but it took a little bit of processing on my own to kind of figure out like, okay, this is a different way of being as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, what does what that shift felt like for you? What have you noticed? Yeah, I found myself unexpectedly kind of this weird um, two pieces of it, I guess. So initially I thought I would be really exhausted from like hearing all of the trauma for that long mm-hmm. and being that deep in the trauma with mm-hmm. them for that long. Mm-hmm. And I it found the opposite once I got into it because it was really fulfilling to see them complete targets, yeah, that's so true. like a really big target or multiple targets. Like that feeling of walking alongside them in that experience is really energizing compared to bringing it out you know, they're really in the depth of it and we make some progress and then we look at containing and stabilizing. That felt more like emotionally taxing than being with them and that for three hours straight, four hours in the depth of it and then seeing them hit this, you know, enlightenment and new awareness. So I was surprised in that way, but I did still notice like not in an emotional, in some way I still felt really taxed at the end of, at, at the end of the retreats that we do, the intensives. I'm like, I feel a different level of tired than I've ever felt before. Mm-hmm. And as I've thought about it, I think it's the uh, my, my introverted side that is experiencing really deep connection with them for a really long time. And so it's a kind of a, a level of exhaustion that I don't feel in my life because it, there's so many brief interactions. Right. Um, and then I've got, you know, those few p- close people that I feel that long lasting deep connection with um, that doesn't feel quite as exhausting or it does, but I limit it, you know, 
just to keep regulated. And so that that was a different experience for me where I'd go home at the end of the day and be like, I feel really happy. I feel like really pleased with how it went, but there's something in me that just feels totally trained. Yes. Yes, I would agree. And, you know, we're kind of still figuring out how the flow works, but I think that at least personally, I find some wisdom in not doing multiple day retreats every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, still keeping those maybe every other week, once a month, mm-hmm. just because the amount of personal investment that goes into that. The same way that multiple days in a row means that their defenses can't stay up. I've noticed that mine can't stay yeah. up. Yeah. And your your client sees you in a much more human way. And because ethically we need to stay so boundaried. Um, being human and holding those boundaries all at the same time for such an extended amount of time, I I think that that's an element that drains me as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, what I find is that I am not as mentally drained Mm -hmm. because I I think I underestimated the amount of energy that it takes me to sort of switch stories in my mind, right? To call up all of that information of the person sitting in front of me and just all of the the nuances and the details that we hold. You know, I have a terrible memory for everything except my client stories. It's the only thing I remember. And there's like this, you know, vast filing network in my brain that holds these. And when you're seeing, you know, seven different people in one day, it takes a certain amount of energy to like switch that file around and call up that detail. But when you're sitting with one person for that long and able to focus just on that story, Mm -hmm. to me, I feel like I do better work. For sure. I feel like my interweaves are more powerful. I feel like I'm more in sync and attuned. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's kind of more uh, heart draining and soul draining. But mentally, I actually feel really good mm-hmm. um, after those days. And so it's just a difference. In me. Yeah. And I can lose lose the sense of time more where it's yes. not I'm, I'm present with you, but I'm still maintaining the responsibility of being aware of, oh, we're approaching that point in the session where I need to start. Yeah you know, stabilizing and closing and, oh, I, you know, I'm approaching the time where I think my next client's probably walking in in, in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. I can just kind of let go of so many other things. And it it may sound like multiple hours is just so long, but from my clients and myself both, if we have gotten in it, we'll be like, wow, where did the time go? Like four hours has just passed. And it's just really amazing how you can get lost in it in a really good way of just Mm -hmm. being able to be present and focusing on the connection and the story and the human that's in front of you rather than, you know, the structure of time, which is really nice. Um, Another, you know, skepticism that comes up, just that concern for exhaustion for the client. And we mentioned that um, pacing and stabilizing and really speaking to that in the intensive and being aware of that. So taking breaks as necessary. One thing I have found is moving spaces if you have the option to do that where, you know, not everybody has this freedom. When I first started, I was at a and a group practice had a lot of extra rooms. And so we would just pick the room that looked pretty that day and we would go into it. Now our space isn't as big, but we do have some really neat, you know, beautiful spaces that we can even just change around a little bit or change the seat that you're in, get up and move, um, sit on the floor for a while. Or So I think all of that is really important too. I, I see clients in the intensive more often end up kicking their shoes off, like laying down on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. just becoming their real selves in that, which is really nice. So you do have to be aware of client exhaustion and therapist exhaustion, but 
all of those can really be um, addressed in that time. Mm-hmm. The one barrier that I have no argument against to how to help, but is insurance doesn't support it. Yeah. So if you primarily work with clients who utilize insurance and are only able to utilize insurance at this point in time, insurance doesn't support it. There's the hope that it will. I really think this is the future for therapy. And I think there's a a lot of uh, advocacy that we can do and, you know, kind of taking it as part of our job in this field that when we have the opportunity to write a letter, to have a conversation with an insurance company and present some of the research because there is really, really sound research about the effectiveness of this um, and that exponential benefit from the insurance company perspective. There is a really, really good case to be made that this is actually better for them Mm -hmm. um, and will save them money in the long run. We're not there yet, but if you have the opportunity to advocate in that way, we all need to do it because that's what means that in the future they are going to cover it yeah um if we start speaking up about it and we're not that far off from it i mean many insurance companies pay for intensive outpatient which is very similar it's you know three to five hours a day where you're in groups and individual and whatever family whatever services is provided in that program so we're not that far from it but it's just a little bit of a different look at it which can take a long time when it comes to all of, you know, the paperwork and lobbying for that to happen. But um, if you have a client that does insurance, you can get, you know, the first hour of it paid for and then see if it's something they'd be willing to pay for independently for the, you know, the rest of the time. And the way I bill it is very, you know, straightforward. I just, however, whatever I charge per hour, it's that many hours, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not really billed any differently. A lot of times with clients that are self-pay, you know, it balances out in the overall cost of it because four hours in one week is the same cost as once a week for four weeks. And so you can just meet, you know, once a month for that four hours and it's going to be the overall the same cost. Now that's different with insurance, but um, so that is definitely something to take into consideration, but it may be worth exploring with your clients if that's something they would want to invest in on an occasional basis yeah. when they're working on a big target. With all of this kind of transitioning over, we went from these intensives and really experiencing um, the needs of the client in that time to looking at, we do now retreats. And I know you guys have heard us talk about these on on the other podcasts, but this is how we came to the retreats is really seeing the need for this longer, longer time um, in contact with your therapist and the client doing EMDR. And then looking at what else helps them to pace and regulate and be have a higher capacity for really processing the trauma in those long days. And, and so, integrating the gains as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Since we started bringing in um, yoga therapy, massage therapy, a lot of other holistic approaches into those times. So when they are scheduling, you've heard us talk about these three days, five days. It's not, um, we're looking at all the other pieces of the puzzle that are really significant to help them be able to process this fully, not just in their minds, but in their, in their bodies, through their emotions, all of those pieces, and really be able to hold on to those gains and carry that out after they leave the retreat. Mm-hmm. And I've been, you know, so pleasantly surprised at just how meaningful those hours are to the clients. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've been, because this is a relatively new thing for us, we've been asking for a lot of feedback from clients and those hours that they are having, you know, yoga therapy and massage therapy, they end up being the integration time, right? Yeah. 
It's, it's allowing the body to relax enough to integrate the work that we've done. And it also really presents new goals for them, right? It brings such a different level of awareness to, oh my gosh, turns out my body is not relaxed, like at all. <laughs> I thought it was relaxed. Um, and just that level of heightened awareness. The other thing that it brings up, which is really common for the clients that we work with, is it uh, triggers a lot of attachment stuff. Just being nurtured in that way, being physically nurtured, having a person that is tuned into your needs in that way brings up a lot of uh, those targets. And so invariably I have people come in after their massage time or after their yoga therapy time saying, um, I had this realization Mm -hmm. or I felt this for the first time. I had somebody last week tell me I never knew that I was bracing my legs all the time. And as we were uh, working on it, in the massage, I realized I feel like I want to run away mm-hmm. all the time. Guess what our next target was? Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way that I would have been able to provide that insight in that way and give give them such a felt, real life, in the moment, here mm-hmm. now experience of it. Um, so that has been, hands down, my favorite part of doing the big retreats, the three days and the five days, is being able to have these multiple modalities um, and they're hearing it from, you know, multiple practitioners at once. And we have a really aligned message. And yeah. I think that it helps them integrate it so much more because they're getting it from multiple venues. Um, and we're going to do a whole episode um, with our yoga therapist to kind of describe to you guys what that's like and how that works um, and what trauma-informed yoga therapy is all about. Um, but I do really feel like that has been, uh, for me, a major, major shift in the effectiveness and uh, the results that I see for clients. You mentioned the attachment piece of it. I feel like when it gets into working in the body, we can really access that in a a new way. I know we can access it with EMDR, you know, alone, but we can access it in a more whole way, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a client that did a retreat that after the massage, she said, I just kept getting these images of my mom holding me as a baby. And we're able to install that. It's this beautiful resource and reconnect her with a healthy attachment. It it won't go into the rest of the story, but as to why that had been ruptured later. But this just really, a really young age when she did have this beautiful, healthy attachment. Um, And so really neat things come of that. Also with, you know, the massage therapy, even the message, another retreat I did, the message of the therapist constantly asking, is it okay if I touch you here? Mm -hmm. Does this feel nice or does it not feel nice? Mm -hmm. What's your body telling you? And then empowering her to have words that can come out to say, that doesn't feel nice. Um, I'm not comfortable. You know, whatever that is, that was such an, an empowering experience that was kind of a surprise to me that... You know, I, I knew it was going to reach all these other things, but I thought, oh, that was an, an additional gain that I didn't expect to come out of this. So the the massage piece, the yoga piece, um, we bring in a component of food that's really amazing um, and sends a strong message. And Melissa, I'll let you talk a little bit about the Ayurvedic food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ayurveda is um, a Indian style of cooking that is using food as medicine, basically of really making sure that the body is being nourished um, at the same time that we are working with uh, you know, the soul and the emotions and all of that. And what we find is that it really creates an opportunity for them uh, to feel what it feels like to nurture their body in that way, to be uh, nurtured by other people in that way. And that's a lot of the feedback that we've gotten is 
that the food experience brings them back into relationship with their body, or at least uh, gives them a template and an idea of what that can be like. Uh, it also provides a lot of awareness and mindfulness about their relationship with food and the way that they've been feeding themselves. Um, because Ayurveda, you know, considers all of the different needs of the body. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really appreciated is the the people that we work with that provide it. It's all about easy digestion. Mm-hmm. And when I was consulting with them about, you know, how this all might work together, the thing that they told me that just made it seem so obvious that this needed to be a part of it is when the body is digesting emotion, we need to support it in its physical digestion as well. That they're not that different. Right? Yeah. The process of breaking down and keeping the good and letting go of the bad is mm-hmm. all the same process. Yeah. And so if you're overloading the body with a whole bunch of extra work to do digestively because of you know a, a diet that isn't supportive, um, then they have to send energy to that. They're not going to feel good. Versus when they're being nourished in that way, it just frees up some energy. I had a client, <laughs> her comment was uh, after she had been there for, I think, a day and a half and been eating the food regularly, she said, I feel like I can feel things happening in my body after I eat that I've never felt before. <laughs> she was just feeling that her body was working and digesting and it was going smoothly and it wasn't hurting her. And that was a new experience. Yeah. Um, and so I do, I think it's a powerful piece of it. It is. It's, it's an amazing piece that I think we've been so fortunate to find these women who cook like this and have the knowledge and have them be a part of our team. The other added services that we have found have been really neat to kind of plug in here and there where a client may need it is art journaling. Um, it's just amazing. We have a great therapist who, helps a client to learn how to like artistically express in their journaling and does some really amazing therapeutic exercises with that. Um, any type of art or music sessions on the biomat, mm-hmm. neurofeedback, Reiki, mm-hmm. um, just really looking at all of these amazing healing, um, supportive practices that are out there mm-hmm. that, wow, how great is it that we can put this together and really support our systems and nurture and love ourselves in the process of getting into our trauma. Maybe it doesn't have to feel like such hard work to work through your trauma. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you guys might be thinking, like, what a luxury it is that we have the opportunity of, you know, bringing all these people together. And you're right, it's true. I feel incredibly lucky that we can. But... I didn't start there. The way that this started for me was I found a massage therapist that I trusted. I built a relationship with her, talked to her about what it meant to be trauma-informed, and we worked together so that she could provide this body work to my clients. Um, And for a long time, it happened separately. Mm -hmm. They would have their hour with the massage therapist and their hour with me once a week, and it was still incredibly beneficial. You can do the same thing with yoga therapy. So if you don't have a place where you can bring it all together in one place, this stuff can still be incredibly supportive to your clients. When we um, do the interview with the yoga therapist, she's going to share about how to find those people in your community um, because it's a real growing field. And uh, so that way you guys can know how to connect with somebody that you might be able to build a relationship with. Um, because I do think that there's a lot of benefit, even if you're not doing the intensives or the retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been fortunate to, to make all of these contacts and then to help us build it into a business. Um, I think we've shared about Catherine before, mm-hmm. Catherine Keller on our 
other podcasts, but she's just been amazing in helping us figure out from a business side because our mind goes to the healing and the therapy and kind of the business side. (laughs) Yeah, I could uh, I kind of lose thoughts when it comes to how to like put it all together. But she was able to help us figure out where all these pieces plug in. How do we present it? How do we market it? How do we get everything in there? Teach us some really great strategies of how to automate things Mm -hmm. and require less of our hourly time doing it. So we have really enjoyed working alongside her and have seen uh, a lot of success just in getting it all put together. And now we're actually doing retreats. We're not just dreaming about them. <laughs> we're doing them. And that's the idea really of exciting. Legs. Yes. yes, it's happening. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the reasons why it was such a, a good match for us is Catherine actually specializes in uh, helping healers. Um, and, you know, she's done it with a lot of therapists, energy healers, massage therapists. So this is kind of her niche. And she's really familiar with some of the intricacies of the, the work that we do. She's also familiar with the intricacies of the therapist personality and what our general strengths and weaknesses are. But she was very kind at, you know, helping us improve yes. <laughs> and get organized. Um, so for our listeners, Catherine has opened up some limited spots for a free marketing assessment for your business. Um, if you're feeling really overwhelmed, have no idea where to begin, she can help you just get some clarity and make a step-by-step plan on how to maximize marketing to fit your practice, your personality, your budget. She has a wide range of options. Um, I thought for a really long time that there was no way that I you know, could afford a marketing budget that seemed really out of reach. Um, And I was wrong. Like she was able to break it down in a way that I was able to get started and get something. And then once I really felt the benefit of it, it felt like a no brainer to invest Mm -hmm. even more in it because it it really uh, made such a big impact. Um, But so there's these limited spots available uh, with her. It's a first come first serve basis. So if you guys are interested, visit katherinekeller.net slash EMDR to reserve your free marketing assessment. So that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-K-E-L-L-E-R.net slash EMDR, and she will get you fixed up. And guys, if any of you are interested in coming to one of our retreats, experiencing this with us, or if you have a client in mind that could really benefit from this, or even... A family member, a spouse, <laughs> a friend, a colleague, anybody. Um, I just, I really, it's a wonderful approach. Uh, we work really hard to get to know each person individually and connect with them and figure out specifically what services are going to match and pair with what their needs are. And we just continue to grow and grow the type of services that we have to offer in that and the other healers and <clears throat> amazing people we're connecting with in our community to kind of put that together. We have a great space to host you at if you are traveling to come here. Um, that's right in the same house. It's a gorgeous historical home here in one of our historical districts. And so you stay on site. All of your services happen right there um, in different offices that are right under you. The food is prepared for you, three meals a day. Um, just really you're cared for and really taken care of during that time. So if that's something you might be interested in or know someone who would be, you can email us with any questions at therapy at beyondhealingcenter.com. You can also um, check out our website at beyondhealingcenter.com for more information on that or to kind of see some of the, the team that works together and learn a little bit more about what they do. So we'd love to hear from, from you or um, from anyone that you want to send our direction. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, you guys. 
And we'll be back next time with that interview with our yoga therapist. So if you're interested in learning more about that, make sure that you catch that episode and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to notice that at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time.